We are so glad you are joining us today for our verse-by-verse study on Psalm 23. My name is Dorita, and I had the joy of doing a year-long study on Psalm 23 with a lovely group of ladies a few years ago. And my husband, Lyndon, invited me to share this week on the second part of Psalm 23.4. He shared last week on the first part of the verse. If you missed it, please take some time to go back and listen to it online. It's very encouraging and challenging at the same time. In verse 4, the scenery has changed from the quiet waters, the green pastures that David was describing in the first three verses, where his shepherd restores him, provides for his need of rest, faithfully guides him along the way. Those first three verses help us to see the truth that this shepherd is good. He's a good shepherd, and he tenderly cares for the needs of his sheep. Let's read this verse together, wherever you are. Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff comfort me. This is truth. This is the truth from God's word in Psalm 23, 4. When I read that scripture, I have to pause and ask myself, can I honestly say with David that I don't experience fear in the challenging, lonely, painful valleys of my life? If I wrote that verse, it would sound more like this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I do fear even though I know the truth that you are with me. And I'm not really sure I understand how your rod and staff comfort me. That's the truth about my experience with fear. It's true. I have struggled with fear from as early as I can remember. And I'm going to list 10 ways that I have struggled with fear. And to be honest, some of these fears have actually come true. And it's often those experiences that lead us into the valleys that David is talking about. So just as you listen along, count along personally how many of these you can relate to. Fear of home robbery and break-in. Fear that a loved one would be harmed or die. Fear that I wouldn't make the team or honor roll or get that part in the play and the humiliation that that would be for me. Fear that I would hurt or disappoint someone, including God, and the displeasure and rejection that could come from that. Fear that I wouldn't be able to physically look a certain way and the the judgment and maybe the criticism that would come from that. Fear that I might never fit in or belong. For me, that was coming to Canada after living in Nigeria for 18 years. And along with that is the fear of God making me stay here. (laughs) Fear of looking stupid when trying something new and the shame that would come from that. Fear of never being able to have my own children. Fear of one day realizing I had missed out on a big part of what God had planned for my life. And lastly, fear that someone I cared for would not come to know Jesus. 
I'm wondering how many of you got 10 out of 10. I would give you a prize for being that honest. Well, we're in good company. And I would say, at first I wrote many, but I think I would say all. I think it's safe to say that all people that we read about in the Bible struggled with fear. Abraham feared God, feared that God would not keep his promise to give him a son. Moses feared retaliation for killing an Egyptian after defending one of his own people. God said, do not be afraid to Joshua when he was going to lead the Israelites into a foreign country. When threatened with his life, Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. Peter was afraid to be associated with Jesus when Jesus was being interrogated. Fear is something common to humankind. As we heard last week, Lyndon shared, we know that David did have times of fear and discouragement and despair, and some of his fears actually came true. So I don't believe David is saying, I have never had fear in any valley. I think he's making a truth declaration, a truth declaration of what is possible when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Perhaps if David was here with us, I'm taking a little license here. If he was here, maybe he would clarify it something like this. When walking through the dark valleys of life, our good shepherd can help us to become more and more aware that he truly is with us. And as this happens, the fear that overwhelms us or crouches at our door loses its power and can, in fact, disappear. Fear steals. It steals hope. It steals faith. It steals our peace. It steals our health and so much more. So the question is, how do we grow to not only be assured that God is with us, but also actually have the ability to recognize the way he's already giving us comfort in any valley, in suffering, loneliness, confusion, trauma, disillusionment, mental health complexities, isolation, all of them, no matter what they are. So back to our text, David continues with, your rod and staff, they comfort me. Okay, first, I can understand how comfort can help to ease fear and anxiety. It is not only part of the human experience to fear and to be afraid. In fact, some fear is helpful, but it's also part of our human experience to look for comfort when we're afraid, to look for something that's going to bring relief, ease the pain, give us some reassurance of safety or security. So I'm going to list a few things we do to experience comfort in our valleys. And I would love you to think along or count on your fingers. How many can you relate to? We go shopping. Put on a favorite song or rewatch a favorite movie. Go out for comfort food. McDonald's, pizza, steak. Grab a favorite stuffed animal or a pillow or a blanket. Take a form of medication to ease the stress in our body. Eat chocolate, play video games, scroll Instagram or other social media platforms, sip slowly 
or guzzle quickly a favorite drink, or seek a therapeutic activity, maybe knitting, disc golf, hiking. It is human to look and to seek for comfort. And these aren't all bad ways. They don't give lasting comfort, though. Back to our text. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. How does a rod and a staff in the shepherd's hands comfort the sheep and keep them from being afraid in the valley? How do, how do we interpret God's rod and staff comforting us in our personal valleys? I, I sometimes haven't found those words very comforting, rod and staff, unless, of course, it means Pastor Rod and the amazing CHC staff. <laughs> because when I've thought of those words, I've imagined the shepherd's rod and staff representing a painful punishment or a condemning rebuke. And human shepherds do sometimes beat their sheep, for sure. But that is not what we have already seen to be true about our good and gentle shepherd. David obviously knew as a shepherd how these tools would bring comfort when used for the good of the sheep. So the rod was a club-like, or is, a club-like stick used to defend, mostly used to defend and protect the sheep against predators. Most likely, David used a rod against predators of his sheep. We read this in 1 Samuel 17, 34 and 35. David said to Saul, Your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a sheep from the flock. I went out after it and attacked it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And it, when it rose up against me, I grabbed it by its mane, I could just imagine, and struck it and killed it. And we sheep have a predator as well who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. He's described in 1 Peter 5, 8 as our adversary, the devil, a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Also, John 8, 44, John describes this predator. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Right from the beginning, our predator, Satan, twisted God's words to Adam and Eve. He lied to them, saying that God wasn't good, that he didn't have his, their best in mind, and that they could actually be like God if they listened to him. Our enemy preys on us with lies, and these lies are what breed fear. He lies to us through words spoken by others. Good, good people, cruel people, even religious people. He, his lies are couched in messages from our culture, in entertainment, even in education, in, through politicians, through leaders many different ways in our culture. His lies come at us through placing temptations in our way as he observes where we are weak. He lies to us about who God is. Maybe those sound a little bit like this. God isn't good and he can't be trusted if he's allowed this suffering, this valley. He doesn't love you because he hasn't delivered you 
Or maybe he has, doesn't love you because you've screwed up too many times. It's your fault you're in this valley. He doesn't heal people anymore. He hasn't healed you. Satan lies about who we are. Maybe it has sounded and you've heard some of these. You're alone. No one will ever understand your pain. You are not worthy of his love. And you'll always be considered a failure. He lies to us about our circumstances. You'll never make it out of this valley. Or you don't need God. You're smart enough to figure this out your own way. It's probably easier that way. Or you'll never be happy. As long as these circumstances don't change, you will never be happy. How does God, our shepherd, defend us with his rod and protect us from this dirty, rotten predator of our souls? I believe the shepherd's rod represents the powerful written word of God. God's word is full of power to defend, to protect, and comfort us because his truth defeats the enemy's lies. Jesus himself used the written word of God. When he was in, he was in a desert, but it was a valley for him, fasting, not having food for 40 days, being tested by the predator Satan. Matthew 4 talks about how Satan tempted him, even twisting the word of God to try to make Jesus put his trust in him rather than his father. And Jesus, mm, used a rod, whacked his lies with the truth from the written scriptures. And when Jesus prayed for us, he prayed from in John 17, 15 to 17, we read, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. I love John 8, 31 and 32 as well, where Jesus says to those who believed him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Most of us know the truth is in here, in the Bible, the word of God. But how do we receive the truth? How do we appropriate it? How do we let it change how we think and act in our personal lives so that we can be comforted in the valleys and so that fear has to flee? Well, there's many ways, but for today, there's two practical ways I just want to share with you to receive and to practice using the Word of God, the rod to defeat the enemy. First, of course, get familiar with the Bible, God's Word. The more we come to know who God is, what he says about us, what he says about life through his manual for life, the Bible, the quicker we can recall and remember what is true when the predator, our enemy, comes and lies to us. Read it, listen to it, meditate on it, study with others. If you're new to reading the Word of God, find people who you can study. It with, who can teach you, choose to be in places where his word is being taught. There are so many tools these days. Even on the YouVersion Bible app, there are devotional plans that help you read, be in the word, 
specifically for uh, unique valleys that we are in. And those scriptures are so comforting. Number two, make truth declarations like David did from God's word that counter the lies. Take the words, let's take the words of our fears that are usually founded on lies and hold them up to God's truth. For example, one example, the lie might be, no one cares. No one cares about me in this valley. And I would refute that with 1 Peter 5, 7. And I would say, that is not true. God says that I can give all my worries and cares to him because he cares for me. And the more we proclaim the truth in the face of the lies, the intensity of those lies, and the fear diminish. If you don't know how to do this, ask for help. Ask for help finding verses and promises from God's word to hide in your heart, to memorize, or to declare out loud. There's some incredible power in declaring out loud the word of God in the face of lies. One thing I've done is to write them on my walls with chalk so that you can erase them (laughs) Um, and write another one so that we can over and over again recall God's truth. Um, And then he helps it permeate our whole being, not only in our thoughts, but in how we behave, how we act. Sometimes it's in, in a mysterious way. It's hard to describe how he does that. But I wanted to share an example in my own life. I entered a valley the beginning of May that I've never walked before. Quite out of the blue, I was told that I had cancer and that I would need surgery. In that moment of hearing that diagnosis, I don't think I realized how vulnerable I would be or could be to the enemy's schemes to steal my peace and joy. But God knew. And as I walked outside from that clinic into the the sunshine, I truly experienced the rod, the word of God, of my good shepherd. I didn't recognize it as that right away. But These were the words that God brought so clearly to my mind just as I walked out of that clinic. These were the words. Doretha, you do not have to fear bad news. I will keep you steadfast. I will keep you trusting in me to care for you. And I didn't realize until later that actually was from the word of God. Psalm 112, 7 says, they which is referencing the righteous, which is who we are, those of us who follow Jesus. The righteous do not need to fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. I've been reminded to proclaim those words from God's word throughout this valley out loud often to beat off the lies and fear that crouch near me. And I have written those on my wall with chalk. And have been incredibly comforted by these words. So that's the rod. What about the staff? Your rod and staff, they comfort me. The staff is a thin, tall piece of wood, often with a curved end used to pull the sheep to safety. Pull them towards the shepherd to tend to their needs. Or, on the other end, gently tap them to guide them the right way. I believe the staff represents the Holy Spirit, God 
with us. God in us, our advocate, our guide, our counselor who comes alongside us in our valleys to comfort us. John 14, 26 says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Psalm 32, 8 is one of my favorite verses. He says, I will instruct you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. He counsels us, carries us, corrects us, strengthens us for our comfort in our valleys. If our sneaky enemy has his few old tricks to lie to us, I believe (laughs) Holy Spirit has infinite infinity, infinite ways to share his love and truth to comfort us in our valleys. To name a few, he helps the written word of God to bear fruit in our lives. He helps us to have faith when we read the written word of God to say, yes, I believe this is true. And then to make choices to align our will with his. He sends people to speak his love and truth to us, for encouragement and support, through acts of kindness, through words of encouragement, practical gifts, resources, simply being with us, listening, crying, lifting our arms in battle, praying for us. And he reveals his kindness and compassion in all kinds of ways, unique to the ways he knows we need to be comforted. It could be through songs, could be through his creation, through a dream, a vision, word of knowledge, so many different ways. This has been a process for me, but I'm slowly growing to actually anticipate with faith that he is and will comfort me. I think that sometimes is our struggle that we don't recognize how he is comforting us. So I'm actively asking him to help me see and hear and receive his comfort. So practically in my valley, this new valley of a cancer diagnosis, the Holy Spirit has gently been pulling me with his staff into his loving care in so many ways through people who have walked this valley much longer, much deeper, with much more suffering, who have inspired and encouraged me. Through his goodness in circumstances, in so many ways, I could go on and on and on about that, but one way was that the head nurse for my surgery used to be one of our youth girls here at CHC. And she so tenderly prayed over me just before my surgery. What comfort. Through people in my community, practically bringing meals, daily sending me little messages or verses, promises, checking in on me, reminding me that they're praying for me and my family. So... His rod and staff, they comfort us. The written word of God, the living word of God, Holy Spirit in us. And in closing, I would love to pray for those of you who are walking through a deep valley right now. 
no matter what it is or who you are or even how you've been walking this valley up till today, God, your good shepherd, desires to comfort you. And he knows how to help you recognize and receive his comfort that dispels fear. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are with each precious person walking through a dark, weary, painful valley today. Thank you that you promise to never leave them. Thank you that it is your desire to help them grow, to be aware of your kind and compassion your compassionate ways and your powerful ways and your defending presence. I pray that you would show them your truth through the Bible as they read, as they listen, as they seek wise counsel, as they ask for help. May your word defend and deliver them from the enemy's schemes and his lies. Would you grow their faith to resist the enemy? submit to you and draw near to you and your love and truth. May your promises truly breathe life and peace into them today. Would you comfort them through your spirit in ways that only you know how to do that. May they know deep in their hearts that your love never changes, even if they are disappointed in you, even if they feel like it's safer and easier to make their own way through the valley. Please counsel them care for them, drawing them to yourself so they may recognize your messages of comfort. May fear be dispelled and hope and faith arise in Jesus' name. Amen.